We're back. Greetings and salutations, my friends. This is Dr. Clyde Mayberry with Degoblin the Brain, season two. We're very excited to begin season two today on this Labor Day, and we're looking forward to getting out of the gate with a pop. Today, we're talking about will versus willpower. Will versus willpower. And we need to know right off the bat the difference in the two and how they work for us and how they work against us. And this will make so much sense when I'm finished, hopefully. So, uh, will is the drive to move forward. You don't need to expand on the definition any more than that. Your will is your drive to move forward. Now, when we start talking about willpower, we're talking about something different. It literally, in short, is the ability to control yourself. Willpower is the ability to control yourself. A strong determination that allows you to do something difficult. That is what willpower is. A strong determination that allows you to do something difficult, like lose weight or quit smoking or, or drinking. Um, the person is able to do that, we see, it is by their willpower. Will is simply just to move forward, the ability to move forward, the drive, if you will, to move forward. But willpower has to do with self-control. Now, when we look at the benefits of them, so although having the will to do something is really that you just feel like doing it, it just means you're gonna try. It doesn't predict outcome. It just means you're gonna try. Willpower is similar in that it doesn't predict outcome either, but man, the chances are greatly increased. And so willpower is where you, it's almost like your superhero strength that has you to zoom in and focus on a particular area to get something done, to stick to it. It's that extra gear that some people have that they kick in. When you look at, at willpower, um, this weekend we witnessed uh, an awesome feat um, and I'll, I'll probably do a podcast on it later um, as the season goes on. But I'm thinking about Deion Sanders and uh, the Colorado football team. Uh, they, they, the game they won Sunday was an incredible game. But the fact that they won against all the odds, uh, you know, the question is, what did Deion Sanders know that the rest of the analysts did not know? And, you know, part of that is obviously the knowledge and the experience that he has. Um, but when you're able to get the most out of your players, this is the things that separate the great coaches. When you're able to get the most out of somebody, you know, we see this in coaches, we see this in great leaders in business. They're able to maximize the effort of each individual person, and that is a, is a key to success. And uh, Deion Sanders, in addition to having all the experience and the knowledge and the, and the credibility, the influence, um, this guy really can get the maximum out of his players. And I have to tell you, as a father, I was just watching his press conference and him talk about his son and almost brought me to tears because I'm very proud of my son as well. Um, but anyway, that's the willpower. He got that team to focus with their willpower together and they did the incredible. That's what happens when you put willpower out there. Now, you would think that that would always be a good thing, wouldn't you? That willpower would always be really good. But... In a dysfunctional situation, willpower can be very bad. Because you see, when you think about the problems that we have, one of the greatest problems that we face 
is relationships. And unfortunately, willpower kicks in at one of the most inopportune times in a relationship. For instance, when we talk about willpower as it relates to a relationship, what ends up happening is so much pain is caused. And I need you to think about uh, the, the power to go forward. The drive, rather, is your will. And you got will and willpower teaming up against you in a relationship. Well, when everything and both sides are equal and things are, are, are pretty much the same, you get two equally yoked partners. Oh, man, willpower is where you get those great relationships that we only see on TV. When I say great relationships, I mean like uh, Claire and Heathcliff Huxtable, you know, that that magical combination. Yep. That's a sitcom. And yes, that's TV. But that's a perfect example of two power couples working together, their will and their willpower in sync. And they're thriving. They're both giving their all. They're both not worried or concerned about themselves because they know the other one is going to be there. And they raise a family. And even though they go through problems and whatnot, the ride is great. Why is the ride great? Because their will and their willpower are in sync. And that has a lot to do with them being equally yoked. I don't need to tell you what the other side looks like, but let's go there anyway. When a person is unequally yoked, and we need to talk a little bit about what makes that happen. But when a person is unequally yoked, then that means somebody can't pull their side. And oh boy, when that happens, somebody can't pull their side. They can't do their share. Um, you know, the first thing you think of because of willpower is that, well, all I need to do is go harder and they'll match my energy. And then it just never happens. And it's because they're unequally yoked. They didn't start on equal footing in the first place. And that's a problem. <laughs> now, think about how willpower works in that situation against you. Because willpower gives you that false sense that it's something that you can do to make it better. You can just try harder. You can give more and you get focused in on that. And that wasn't the problem at all. The situation you're dealing with can't be fixed by you doing more. So then because of willpower and the will working together, they're working against you in that relationship because you are focused on making it work. And it can't work. And here's the funny thing. Everybody on the outside looking in, they see it and you don't. And it gets to a point because this is how willpower goes against us. It gets to a point where come hella high water, you are going to make it work. You're going to force it to work. There are outside forces that come in to, to stimulate the reason why you try. But the point is you're trying to make it work with nothing. You're giving your complete all. And it gets worse because the very things that people on the outside looking in have been saying to you, you start to see them come true. And you keep trying and you're hoping that they're wrong. You're going to prove everybody wrong. And that doesn't last long. Until you just spent yourself. On someone who did not deserve it. Because your willpower and your will were dysfunctional. Now, what makes that happen? Um, we have had a lot of things to shape what we think relationships are, because when we look at art and entertainment and, and all of those things, um, 
they paint a picture for us subliminally. They paint a picture subliminally. So what ends up happening is uh, back when TV first started, we used to have all these really wholesome shows. Leave it to Beaver, uh, the Dick Van Dyke show, uh, My Three Sons, uh, all of these these uh, shows had to do with the family unit. They had the little woman in the kitchen and with the apron on and the dress and she was cooking and she took care of the kids and the husband came home, the breadwinner, the hero, and and they would sit down and have supper together and, and all of that. that. That's how TV used to be. And then the world began to change and we began to develop and certain values that we had in our core began to change, but they first changed in the art forms they first changed in the art forms. If you are older enough, old enough, you will begin to remember how, uh, like, say, in the 70s, women's lib began to play a major role in TV shows. Prime example is with Mary Tyler Moore. Most people watched her in the 60s on the Dick Van Dyke show as Laura Petrie. And she was I mean, and that show was hugely famous, hugely popular. And it was interesting because Laura Petrie wore the nice dress with the apron. And I forgot what season it was, but in one particular season, it made national news that she wore capri pants instead of the traditional woman's outfit. That's how far back and how ancient we were. And that was big news. But Mary Tyler Moore was a pioneer because she started that and was America's sweetheart. But by the time the 70s got here, the Mary Tyler Moore show showed her as an active, flourishing single woman, okay with being single, not needing a man. That changed the game. By the time the 80s came, there was a show called Murphy Brown and Murphy Brown was a boss and she wasn't married and she didn't need a man. Um, You started to see shows on TV literally uh, uh, make the dad the buffoon. Many of the shows we see them now as cartoon shows. Now, The Simpsons and Family Guy, the father is the is the dofus, the 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 <laughs> the ignorant one. The mom and others are the ones who settle everything. Even when you look at good times back in the day, James never could figure out what to do to save the family. Florida always did. Then he eventually gets killed off because America didn't want to see a strong black man on TV. Another subject. But the point is, you start to see the deterioration of the father the destruction of the family, the independence of the woman. And the sad thing is, can a woman be independent and thrive as a woman, but still maintain the ability of raising a family and having that other side? That's another podcast that's coming to <laughs> I don't have enough time to go into that right now. But the idea is our willpower in a dysfunction works against you. Um, When I talk about arts and entertainment, I'm also talking about music. In our music, you will hear lyrics about relationships that have fallen in so many uh, songs. Some of the songs glorify uh, uh, having affairs, secret lover and, 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 (laughs) you know, me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. Uh, You get so many songs like that, but I'm mindful of a song um, and I don't know the exact writers. I know Michael Jackson didn't write this song, but he performed this song on his um, uh, off the wall album. And it was entitled It's the Falling in Love. And and the lyrics say it's the falling in love that's that makes me high. That's the will. You get literally high off the idea of falling in love. But it says it's the being in love. That makes me cry, cry, cry. It's the falling in love that makes me high. 
It's the being in love that makes me cry. Well, why is that? Because within the relationship, we get caught up with belonging. We get caught up in belonging to somebody, being able to say my husband, my wife, my spouse, whatever the case, we get caught up in that. And the idea of what that looks like and what that says about a person, and we let it define our character. We let it define who we are. And so we're so desiring of that, that we want it by any means necessary. See, it's that any means necessary statement that kicks in that willpower. And when your will and your willpower are working against you, they blind you into seeing truth. So you just take one for the team and you just keep going higher and higher. You keep trying harder and harder and it doesn't work. (laughs) It's really sad when you think about the lives of people that have been shattered or ruined because they could not see what was happening. And and at the end, it feels so bad because it's such a hard crash because you don't get a chance to, to see How come you didn't see and everybody else did? What blinded you were that you couldn't see what was happening? How did you not know that the person wasn't being sincere or they lacked the ability to do what you needed? Because the falling in love makes us high and the being in love makes us cry. Willpower, an excellent tool when it is placed in the right hands, when it's not working with a dysfunction, you put it with a dysfunction. Now, I got to tell you where the dysfunction comes from, and then I'm going to close. The dysfunction simply comes from stimuli in our life, whether it was some things from our childhood, whether it was things that we saw that hit us subconsciously and then played itself out consciously. It can be the movies. It can be the music. It could be a number of things that you saw. Maybe you saw abuse growing up, but the idea is that ends up hindering you Imagine seeing your mom go through abuse and vowing that you'll never go through abuse. And so then you end up, though, picking a guy that wasn't worth it either, just like your mom did. And so because you made that statement out in the universe that I'm going to make mine work, I ain't going to be like that. You stay in some mess. You stay in a horrible situation because you're worried about what people are going to say. And the thing that you're worried about people saying is what you really in your subconscious already know. And it is what they're saying. But somehow you're trying to save face. Willpower makes you do that. It is a horrible thing. To misplace your love for somebody who doesn't care or can't care or has the inability to love you like you deserve to be loved. We can't accept that. It just seems like a pretty face with dimples seem to do something to us that even when we find out that they're incapable because of their history of loving the way you deserve to be loved, the way you want to be loved, when they are incapable of it, we still try. We still try to make them. You can't make people do that. So it's the falling in love that makes us high, but it's the being in love that makes us cry cry, cry. Till next time, take care of yourself. God bless.